Welcome to the Hog Call Podcast. This is Chad. And this is Tim. Be sure to subscribe to the Hog Call on your favorite podcast directory. iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, whatever you'd like, we're on them all. The Hog Call is only live, real-time, uncut, uncensored, Razorback podcast. Created by fans for fans. Friend us on Facebook at Hog Call Podcast or follow us on Twitter at Hog Call Podcast. Chad runs the Facebook page and Tim runs the Twitter page. Support the Hog Call Podcast by helping us spread the word. Give us a five-star rating and leave a comment, even if it's just Go Hogs. This will go a long way to allow other Razorback fans find the podcast more easily. If you'd like to throw a tip our way, you can support the podcast financially by clicking on the link in the show description. We're counting on fan support. Do you have something Hog Call Nation needs to hear? Leave a voicemail by clicking the link in the description below or send an email to hogcallpodcast.gmail.com. Well, it's good to get that mess out of the way. How's it going, Tim? Hey, pretty good, Chad. Got us a new football coach. How are you tonight? I'm good. Sam Pittman. Uh, Goodness gracious, that coaching search was strange, wasn't it? Um, You know, I thought we were going to get Kiffin. All all, uh, fingers pointed towards that. And then uh, Ole Miss swoops in there. And outbids us for him. I think that's that's pretty much what happened. I saw there were a couple of different stories that said Ole Miss outbid us, and then there was another story that said that Sexton was trying to play between Arkansas and Ole Miss, and Yurichek uh, was just like, you know what, y'all go ahead and take him, and we'll we'll move on. So from one of those two uh, things is, I guess, kind of how it shook down. I, I tend to believe it was probably the it, we just got out bed. I'd read somewhere that uh, w- we didn't want to spend more than four million, and that's why we wasn't going after like a uh, one of the coaches in Oklahoma or, or whatnot. I can't remember who it was, but uh, they had uh, they did have an article about that. So I did think it was interesting that we went under four million with Pittman, and then they got Lane Kiffin for four million. I think that that uh, that we got outbid. That's that's what I think happened. And uh it you know, it is what it is. Chad, it makes sense when you say that that we got outbid. Just based on the difference between Ole Miss's contract for Lane Kiffin and our contract with Sam Pittman. Mm-hmm. You know, Kiffin's making uh three point nine this year, then it goes up or not this year, but uh two thousand twenty then it goes up much four million. Mm-hmm. Or are we paying uh Pittman, you know, three um, with a pretty good, like, I, I like the buyout situation, but he's, you know, uh, not many guys would take that buyout situation. I like it, you know, but uh, kind of what he did as a uh, unproven as a head coach, but, mm-hmm. uh, um, but probably like, you know, Lane would definitely wasn't taking that, that same buyout and then also getting mm-hmm. paid a million more. And you can kind of tell maybe Chad that when, when uh, you look at the structure of Kiffin's uh, contract. That's where I also mm-hmm. feel like that, he, we got outbid because he gets four million, a cool four million a year. He gets a uh, hundred thousand dollars for every win after six wins, and he gets a hundred thousand dollars for every non-conference win. 
uh, gets like $250,000 for a bowl appearance, or $250,000 for a bowl win, $150,000 for a bowl appearance. Uh, then there was, uh, what was it? There was a couple more. I think, uh, you know, quite a bit for national championship and, and, those, and the semifinals and the final games and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it was a really... They, they, they're really through they, they backed up the the truck and started shoveling the money in his house down there in Boca until he said okay it's kind of what that contract looks like to me or Sexton's just really good at his job well I mean there is a reason a lot of these these coaches use them mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of a whole lot of college football coaches that's why the kind of I mean I, maybe he's he's reading all these contracts we've gotten just uh, substantial by coaches are just like a, the amount they've doubled, tripled, quadrupled, and beyond mm-hmm. in their salaries, even in the last 10, you know, 20 years. But, um, yeah, so you think, I mean, it seemed all last uh, last time we were recording, uh, less than a week ago since mm-hmm. our last podcast, and it was, we thought it was set for Kiffin all week. I, I just kind of assumed, I think oh, maybe yeah. that's part of the letdown. Until, you know, uh Luke tweeted out that we were in a bidding war with Ole Miss, and we reported that on the podcast. He called it. Luke gave us that info and called that live on the um, podcast, but out soon after. And uh, good information, Luke. Yeah, that was Uh, awesome. So, you know, I I don't know. So, you know, I I don't care. I think that something is quite interesting that's happening right now. You know, Kiffin's in. And uh, he is starting to pull coaches from Alabama and trying to and trying to uh, snag as many of uh, Saban's coaches as he can. Even going after his strength and conditioning coach, I think it's going to weaken Saban and Alabama a little bit because they're going to have to compete with Kiffin, which will be good. Uh, obviously, Kiffin's not going to be at their level automatically, being over at Ole Miss, and that's a tough school to uh to be a head coach at so you know i see a window of opportunity where alabama weakens old misses building and arkansas could have the opportunity to build along with them and uh you know be back in the mix again you know playing against lsu and and alabama you know in the old miss game being a really tough game every single year i could see that happening if if the dominoes fall our direction maybe balancing the league out more Mm -hmm. in our division or you know balancing out our division more um exactly uh, yeah and it's kind of crazy you know it's and it's a team with uh kiffin that we're gonna be playing every year Mm -hmm. same with another guy that we thought maybe even sunday morning um uh, actually, even Saturday after the Kiffin thing was final, I was watching the Appalachian State game, watching Eli uh, uh, Drinkwitz. Mm-hmm. You know, I was texting, texting everybody that uh, you know we were about to get drunk wits and everything, and mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I can talk myself into this twelve and one coach, and, and all of a sudden, oh, that ain't happening. He goes to he goes to Missouri, making what four million dollars? I mean, that's mm-hmm. another thing that you're like, maybe maybe we wanted a. Who knows if you're a chick wanting to drink with? So like, we ain't gonna pay for. We can't. We just can't do four million. Again, uh, hit that four million mark that you know <laughs> it was rumored that we didn't want to go to. So you know, you know, and I think that the the Pittman contract is is 
structured structured really well for a guy that's never been a head coach before. Uh, you know, if he can't win 50% of his games, he won't get uh, what like 50 he'll 75% of his buyout or something like that. Like a yeah. dramatic cut in the mm-hmm. buyout. At uh, or, no, it was 50, 50, and then 75 if he gets fired. Uh, for any other reason so you know it was definitely structured for the university where it was a more fair contract for the university than Drinkwitz or Kiffin's was and I I think that Hunter Gearcheck has been wanting to do that for a while he's been talking about structuring a contract this way and I think getting a uh, O-line coach allowed him to be able to do that and, uh, you know, you got thing about Drinkwitz, man. The only thing he's done so far is went up there and said he wants to win the Sun Belt. Uh, yeah. This guy. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad. I like Pittman over Drinkwitz. I wouldn't say that. I was just saying. Oh, yeah. No, I, the weekend, but I, I, I like Pittman over Drinkwitz. Oh, I agree. I mean, especially it's, it's both toss ups, right? Because yeah. Drinkwitz has only been successful one time at one place for mm-hmm. one year. Uh, he did have SEC wins, so I think he probably would be a, a better coach than, uh, or a SEC win, I guess I should say. So I think he'd be a better coach than Morris, obviously. Um, but uh, I think that you know, like you said, Pittman was a better choice over him. I think he's. I think it's a toss up with either one, and I think uh, you know, I like I like going the Pittman route. I like the way the contract's structured. I hope he takes the team and he uses a, a CEO type mm-hmm. of uh, approach and he lets his offensive coordinator do his job, his defensive coordinator do his job, and he manages the team. Uh, that's one of the things I was reading about is is an article that was saying when you don't have offensive coordinator experience and you don't have head coaching experience that sometimes it's better because you move from that position coach into that you know position of CEO and you treat it that way by getting other guys and 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 surrounding yourself with guys that can help you and I think that he just seems like a smart enough guy that he, he knows that and he will do that. So I'm excited to to see, you know, how his staff comes together. I know we got the Missouri O-line coach, and that guy's cool. Uh, he, he's been really successful, and, and I'm excited about that. We pulled in a four-star athlete already that was going to go over to Georgia. We've secured a lot of recruits that were, you know, thinking about transferring and stuff. So... He's doing an excellent job already. I think it's just, we just have to wait and see uh, because it's a toss-up situation. Yeah, um, you know, you talk about the CEO type, uh, just position coaches, too. I think that's kind of the hot thing um, um, kind of going or things that are working out. To at least a couple of the, uh, or two of the four, Ed Orgeron and Dabo were always, well, before Ed Orgeron, of course, coached Ole Miss, head coach, and, had interim at USC, but he's never been a coordinator, and it's working out right now at LSU. And he's kind of that that guy, you know. He's got two really two offensive coordinators, and Joe Brady in and Singer, and then uh, Aranda defensive coordinator. So he plays that part, you know what I mean. And then uh, mm-hmm. also Dabo, he's always he was never a uh, coordinator. He's always 
position coach, uh, then interim head coach. Well, I think um, Dabo was a coordinator for a year. Okay, but not a lot. But not a you know, uh, not a lot. Yeah, a track record of being a at least that that much. Uh, well, head coaches is a lot different thing. I understand that, but maybe it's. Um, I looked. I looked it up because I was like, you know, we're going O line straight to head coach, and a lot of people were saying, oh, the uh, four guys in the national championship playoffs this year didn't have head coaching experience and that is true but they all had uh offensive coordinator experience even if it was just one year so you know i mean take take that with a grain of salt you know because if you have been an associate head coach for 10 years like he has been and if the coaches have allowed him to really take part in the in the various activities and learn how to be a head coach that could almost be better especially coaches like Kirby Smart and and stuff you know and he's you know he's seen what not to do you know being on Bellamy's staff yeah and uh sorry Chad um no you're good it's got a thought there um and he was, you know, associate head coach under Butch Davis. Damn good coach. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Beal, at least the time when he joined his staff, he was a Big Ten championship winner. and You know, he won some titles or conference titles and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, and then, uh, you know, and then Kirby Smart, they made the national championship game under his second year at Georgia. Uh, mm-hmm. Pittman's second year at Georgia. They made the national championship game in that famous game where uh, Tua comes in or benches uh, hurts and two it comes in for the comeback win. They mm-hmm. hopefully they back now. It's like oh man, maybe his offense line should have been able to, uh, you know, run the clock out. Hmm. I probably shouldn't work that out on the air, but no, they I mean they no. still scored. That was a shootout, man. How much yeah. more can the it's defense got to shut down? You know, two and you know. Yeah, no, I totally or, agree with points, that. Points should have been enough. So. Yeah, no, no, I agree. And you see, uh, another thing that's interesting is that, you know, even though he's, you know, had uh, only the whole line experience, no head coach, no no coordinator experience, then uh, you also look back at as a community college head coach, he did have that experience and high school head coach experience. So he does have a little bit of head coach experience. It is a, a much lower level uh, as far as that goes. So, you know, I think, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's real interesting. It's an interesting hire. And, um, you know, I, I hope he works out and I'm excited for him. He just, he's a fun guy to root for. Uh, you know, he, he's a great recruiter. He's already showing us that. And, uh, yeah, just a just a just a really cool guy, you know, getting emotional, uh, you know, whenever he was uh, brought in, uh, in the in the presser and all that, and and you know, you could tell it was genuine, you know, it wasn't faking that stuff. Yeah, I thought so too, man. When I was a, uh, I was a. Uh riding around work and listening to it when he was doing it and it made me just think I was like oh man it really sounds it sounds legitimate man and really uh, mm-hmm. really real feelings and 
got me thinking just always how proud you know because i i was working but i had a you know razorback jacket on or whatever whatever i always looked down and just proud of it. it's like oh yeah man we got somebody who wants to be one of us you know mm. he grew up just right right out inside oklahoma pretty much from arkansas and uh, you know he said he grew up going to um lou holtz football camps but he was a you know, no no star, one star player, or no star player, and he played at Pittsburgh State. You know, a couple hours north of mm-hmm. Fayetteville. So he he said he's been aware of the program all the time. Of course, in the SWC days and stuff. And he said his fans. So maybe it means a lot. it seems like first job, man. Maybe just puts it all there on the line, man. They don't have any kids. He's he's not flying to uh, to another state to watch his kid play on Friday night or you drinking. Know, he should be committed. Apparently, his yeah. Apparently, his wife just. Was all pissed at him for moving out of Northwest Arkansas. So, if wife's happy, happy wife, happy life, you know. So, absolutely, you know, and he's excited to be back. He's from a, a small town in uh, Oklahoma that's very close to the University of Arkansas. And a lot of times, when you're you know that close within his hour drive, uh, you you do root for the Razorbacks. So. You know, it's exciting to know, like, his family rooted for the Razorbacks and stuff. And, and that's just kind of, you know, exciting. And, and, you know, I'm glad to have him. I think I think he's going to do good. I like that he called Hunter Yurichek and said, hey, I want the job. You know, I want to be there. And he was the one that initiated uh, trying to get the job. I think that is just awesome because... You're getting a coach that really wants to be here, and he, he's not afraid to fight. And it's kind of the, that's kind of the guy you have to have at the University of Arkansas. It's the coaching mentality you have to have. Somebody that has a chip on their shoulder, and they're ready to go out there and prove what they got. And I liked what he said whenever he was questioned, and they said, you know, you don't have a lot of coaching experience, head coaching experience, you know, how are you going to handle it? And he just basically said, look, everybody that's a head coach was not a head coach at some point. And I like that attitude. Yeah. I do too. Absolutely. Sorry, got a little disconnection there for a second. Threw me off. So, <laughs> so anyway, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was an excellent, it was an excellent hire. I would say. Um, I'm, 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 I'm continuously getting more fired, more and more fired up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just the fact that you can tell. Um, I don't know. And obviously, if Kiffin wanted this job so bad, man, he would have taken the job. He you wanted I mean? the job that's going to pay him the most money. Just yeah. like any if, that, if that's having, you know, what? Sorry, man. I was, you know, I was happy about it and I was excited. Other fans were backing us up on, you know, in the excitement for him. But now he's an old man. We'll just kick his ass. But I would like him to balance out the Western Division. But, you know, maybe with. You know, a really big issue is uh, both sides of the ball, obviously on offense and defensive line. But hell, if he fixes, you know, gets the offensive line even better mm-hmm. and uh, fixes at least some of the toughness issues, you know, um, it would just be an improvement from what we've seen the last couple of years. Yeah, I think he's gonna, uh, he's going to definitely bring in somebody that can build up the team as a strength coach. He's going to have a bigger offensive line. He's going to have a much tougher mentality. Uh, Morris was wanting to slim the line down more and make them faster. Ooh. And yeah. uh, 
you know, you just you see how it worked out. You know, it didn't work out very well. You can't. We were getting blown off our backs by the defensive line. We were getting pancaked from the defensive line on our offensive line this year because I'm giving up 50 pounds to LSU. <laughs> Craziness. All American, but all right. But whatever, I like, whatever you think works, Morris. You know, I like the Pittman hire. I think it's good. I like. That, I like running the ball. So, I like Drinkwitz in Missouri. I think he'll, you know, be average up there, and I think that's that, that's good. That's fine. Yeah. And uh, I think that Pittman might be the guy that's kind of a standout uh, guy that kind of surprises everybody, uh, like your Ed Orgeron or something like that. And I could be wrong. We'll just have to wait and see uh, how it shakes up. But it's just kind of my gut feeling right now. Of course, I'm a fan. I'm a homer. So, you know, I got that going for me. Yeah, I think I think dark days are days are gone as far as that, man. Do I? Th- I mean, I I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna expect a bowl game or at least compete for a bowl game this year. Mm-hmm. That's not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fall for it. You know, I'm not going to pick eight games this year. I'm probably just pick six when we do our pick them. Maybe seven with the bowl win. You know what I mean? I'm, these oh, yeah. guys, that, if he, if he, we got, it's a lot depends on the uh, offensive and defensive coordinator position, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, because then it'll tell you, all right, we can turn this thing around. And if he's the kind of CEO type, it just gets these guys to, you know, a lot of his former players say, um, you know, they'd run through a brick wall for him and stuff. So maybe he, um, you know, get some fired up enough to pull this thing around and compete. I mean, there's teams we can beat in our own damn conference. Oh, yeah. Um, LSU's about to lose every one of their coordinator and Joe Burrow. They're not – I mean, they're going to be decent, man, because they're uh, – but they're not going to be probably as good next year. Alabama's kind of taking a step back from where they were. The um, Miss, I mean, it's Ole Miss, even with Kiffin. They'll be tough, but maybe it's a guy we, – we weren't beating Matt Luke, so maybe we'll have Kiffin's. And then Mississippi State, we should start beating. Absolutely. Um, I'd like to see Chip Long come to Arkansas. He uh, is the Notre Dame offensive coordinator. He said he's not really wanting to go back to Notre Dame. That's the rumor. They've parted. Well, yeah, they've parted ways, man. So I guess they parted ways. And I would. I think that would be an excellent uh, offensive coordinator hire. You know, he was at the University of Arkansas as a tight ends coach. And he, he just does a, ph- a phenomenal job. Uh, he's a great coaching mind, and I'd, I'd like to see him come uh, and be the uh, offensive coordinator. But, you know, I don't know. Well, we just have to wait and see, I guess. Oh, yeah. No, I, I really like Chip Long. So, yeah, I saw that. Or, like, you've been bragging about him, you know, and I know he, man, it's mm-hmm. awesome that he worked here. And um, uh, But I'd read, like, uh, they had parted away some that Notre Dame beat writer, uh, one of their beat writers, um reported that they had parted ways and it's like, well, they couldn't be unhappy. Had, and then the same thing is like Notre Dame had the best offense they've had under, you know, Brian Kelly and mm-hmm. was, you know, had a really good offense, but it wasn't like he got fired doing a bad job. And you're just telling me, you know, he was leaving. So it's like, man, what does that say? Yeah. M and OC would be. I mean, that'd, that'd be, be a, great. That'd be a hire, great yeah. hire. I think that'd be a knockout home run hire but we'll see we'll see where he lands up i'm sure there's a lot of coaches that are gonna be you know vying for him yeah i would expect i mean maybe with chad morski not sure how 
Bio details work Chad Morris, but since he took that offensive coordinator position with Auburn, I wonder, you know, how much money that saves us. Can we pay more for assistance? Because earlier in the week it came out that we could pay assistant pool is $5 million. Mm-hmm. Was that before Morris got hired as a coordinator? Maybe we can up that a little bit. That's, I mean, that's $5 million more than a lot of other conferences, but for the SEC, another million wouldn't be bad. Yeah. Well, you know, Ole Miss did uh, $5 million for the coaching staff and $2 million for the support staff. So it makes you wonder, like, is there going to be a coaching staff stipend and a support staff stipend? And if there mm-hmm. is, you know, you have $7 million altogether. I think that would suffice, you know, to have, have something like that. Uh, ultimately, though, you know, you could, you would hope we could go up to ten million. You know, with as you know, I don't know, but maybe that's maybe that's just wishful thinking. Nah, it's got. I mean, five five's all right, but we gotta we gotta get up there. And I, yeah, I think that was just. I don't think that included five, included the support staff for sure. That couldn't. Mm-hmm. No way. No, no way. We're really hurting for money, man. He he bullshitted somebody when he said we're oh we're good financially, but I'm I'm, I'm proud of man. Look, man, I'm I'm happy with your check right now, man. He got um he he did the deed and fired Morris. He wasn't wasn't you know didn't take the pressure from. I'm sure he had the pressure to keep him, you know, and mm-hmm. like, oh, just whatever you know keep him. Don't don't buy him out after two years. But he fired him less than two years. Had the balls to do that, man. They got, I think, a decent coach, man. We won't find out. That's any, any, any hire, really. But it's one of those, just like we really don't know, man. He's not proven so, but it could happen. It's not like, well, this is a immediate. Or what if it turns out he's? he's just, I mean, we just get on a run, man. Just goes on a nice ten-year run. I I feel like the incentive structure of his contract is going to give him incentive to get out there and win some games. Yeah, for one. sure. And then for two, three million ain't what it used to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, just when you're looking that money in the face, and you're like, you know, I what well, that could do for yeah, 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 what that could do for you. So I was being serious, man. Three million ain't like it used to be. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that you know, I think he, I think he'd be good. I think, I think he's getting a a decent check. I think I like that. You know. We're being modest about it, and we're making sure we're approaching it cautiously. We didn't just hire him and say, "All right, here's ten million dollars, ten-year contract," you know, with a ten million dollar buyout or something. Yeah, for sure. So, and and we'd so, seen some we'd seen some contracts that were, you know, maybe not that exaggerated, but that were really bad contracts prior to this one so it's nice to see you know okay we're taking a chance on a coach but we're putting ourselves in a good financial situation to do it yeah for sure maybe getting uh have an efficient hire i guess you know mm-hmm. but maybe i mean i don't know man i'm, I'm more excited just because it's uh than i was i think for the morris hire i wasn't really too excited when he got hired i didn't really believe the kind of you know, he was he was kind of a, a discount Dabo Sweeney man or Gus Malzahn. He was really discount, like cheap, like clearance priced. So uh, Morris went over to uh, Auburn. What do you what do you think about that? 
Well, I mean, I just thought, yeah, Malzahn hired a puppet, man. He's back to he's calling plays again, you know what I mean? I agree. His coordinator left for Florida State to go work with Norvell. He's aching. I mean, he sent Rhett Lashley away just recent, last year or the year before. and He's just had a kind of time doing that. And even, even even quarterbacks that's been kind of played under him or coached under him for a while, man. He'll let him go, man. It's kind of just well known that. And a guy, he, he like, um, you'll kind of hear later, um, Alson, a really big innovator of, you know, kind of some offenses around that time that mm-hmm. everybody, a lot of people, you know, wanted to copy and emulate. Um, too bad he was an asshole and didn't want to go here and win a championship or anything, but that's another story. <laughs> uh, I didn't want, not this time around, I didn't want, you know, just not being. Look, if he don't want to come to Arkansas, that's fine. And he's, he's made it clear that he doesn't feel like we're a team of his caliber maybe he got his feelings hurt whatever um i don't want him i don't want him uh stay over at auburn and and don't come around i you know we got sam Pittman. he wants to be here i'd put them both in a cage see who'd come out i bet you sam Pittman walked right out that cage need to figure out i said Pittman's gonna rank pretty high in like in a in a cage who's gonna come out with all the sec football coaches He's oh, damn sure beating Lane Kiffin. Oh Kiffin yeah, one on one with Pittman. Oh yeah, and and uh, Drinkowitz, that they're getting knocked out first. <laughs> oh yeah. So man, it'd probably come down to Coach O and Pittman. You know, yeah, Coach O would be something to deal with. Goodness <laughs> me. He might uh, bite an ear off or something. Oh yeah, fry it up later right in front of you. <laughs> so I want to fry this. I'm gonna fry your ear off. Oh, what what craziness! But yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm happy about the hire. I think it's a good hire. Uh, I don't. I think we've pretty much covered everything other than the coaches and the coaching hires and and all that stuff. Did we miss anything, Tim? Was there? I think that's pretty good. Excited for the new era. Here we go. I mean, oh. he's here. He hadn't lost a game yet. Yep, hadn't lost one yet. Oh, we did miss one thing. Uh, we are losing uh, our running back coach and our tight end coach. They're going down to yeah. uh, UTSA, and they are going to be the uh, offensive coordinator and head coach down there. And good for them. I'm I'm happy to see Looney get down there and get this opportunity. I think uh, a few years of experience as an OC, and uh, he might be able to walk right behind Pittman, you know, if, you know, Pittman's doing a really good job or whatever, you know, and uh, he's able to maybe come back up as OC or something like that. I'd really like to get him back involved in the program in a few more years after he's got some more experience. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't there's not a doubt in mind that he would, he would definitely come back. And he went out on his own. He needs to go out on his own and get, do an offensive coordinator at UTSA. That's a, that's a good job for him. He gets hired by a guy he's, um, I think they're bringing over a couple GAs, which is really cool from this team I've seen just besides even – so Trailer, the running backs coach, and then Lenny, and there's like a couple guys kind of on the support staff. It's like, oh, that's really cool, you know. Um, guys they worked or that worked under him, and um, I, I, he's going to spread his wings a little bit, man. So I let him go over there. I'm going to be rooting for him. I'm going to be definitely going to be keeping up with the, the uh, road runners. Oh, absolutely. Me too. 
I'd like to. So so we lose a so we lose a you know Lonnie's Arkansas kind of guy. I'd like to get a Tim Horton back, man. What do you think? He was. Yeah, I I think having Tim Horton as a running backs coach makes a lot of sense. It helps us with recruiting. He's a really good coach. He's he's coached a lot of great running backs, and um, I'd love to see him back in that in that uh, capacity. Um, What I like to see him come in as an offensive coordinator. I'd like to see him have a shot. Yeah, I think uh, I think he'd do well. He's been an assistant coach for a very long time, and and uh, I think he deserves a shot. However, I would rather have somebody come in with more experience. Yeah, with with Pittman, with Pittman with no experience as head coach, exactly. you want you probably want to prove. It. Yeah, I'd like him at running back should be the preferred. Yeah. So I, I, I'd be excited for that. I think he should come back. I think I think we should reach out for him. See, yeah, because he wasn't our, but this past year he was at Vanderbilt. You know, he'd come back, come mm-hmm. back home. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and he, you know, his family, the the Horton family, has uh, has deep deep roots. His dad being a coach and everything. So. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's just one of those things. You just make the phone call, and, and he probably just packs up and comes on back. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> without a doubt. Yeah, but I think kind of. I'm looking forward to hopefully the next time we talk, we'll have some coordinators hired, maybe some more coaches. Yep, I'm excited to talk about that. Uh, so, well, I guess uh, we could take us a little break, and then we'll come back, and uh, you guys can listen to the. Interview with D Love. Well, that went really well, didn't it, Tim? Yeah, it did. Um, we had a great time, um, and it was a uh, Demarcus was great, man. I mean, it was it was incredible, man. Getting stories from a uh, Razorback legend, man. Played on some great teams with some great players, and he was a two time captain, man. Had a lot of great stories, and he'll be back on. He's excited to come back on, and that's what just fired me up for football. <laughs> I wish football season wasn't coming to the end. I, or I'm just ready to start this new era. I don't want to repeat this past year, but we're ready to get back to those kind of days. And it's you'll, You guys will love it. So we're going to play this sponsor, and then uh, we'll play our interview with Demarcus Love. Back to the Hog Call Podcast. All right, up next we have a very special guest hailing from Dallas, Texas before attending the University of Arkansas where he played from 2007 to 2010 on teams that won over 30 games, went to three bowl games, and on his resume it includes both opening up running holes from Darren McFadden and protecting Ryan Mount's blind side. So versatile beast on the offensive line, played both guard and tackle, his Razorback career, two-time captain, an all-IC selection, and drafted by the Minnesota Vikings in the 2011 NFL Draft. We have us with with us tonight, Demarcus Love. What's going on tonight? Hey, man, how you guys doing tonight, man? How everybody feeling? Oh, feeling good. Feeling I'm, feeling good. Pretty, I'm feeling pretty, I'm feeling pretty good. good. I got a beer, I got so a beer, after so I chug this I down, I'll be feeling a little bit better. <laughs> hey, man, you got to have that good feeling fluid in you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's really good to have you on, uh, D Love. I really appreciate it. You know, uh, I always 
looked up to you, you know, watching you play out there and stuff. You're just a beast on the field. Uh, just one of the one of the hardest players I ever seen, and one of the hardest workers on the practice field I ever seen. So thank you for coming on the uh, the podcast. It's it's always nice to have Razorback royalty uh, come on and and uh, talk to us, and we really appreciate it. Oh man, thanks, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate y'all for uh, respecting me enough to have me on the show. Absolutely. So, let me ask you. Uh, just wanna, just wanna say, from you know, we've went through some serious losses the past two years. So the Razorbacks have seen some stuff that we've never seen before. You was on. You know, uh, Nuts, uh, Nuts team. You was on Petrino's team. You was on several NFL teams. You've seen a lot of different coaching uh, in the in the past. So, how do you feel about where the Razorbacks have been and where we're going? Um, basically, to be honest, uh, it is disappointing. Like you said and mentioned before, it is very disappointing to see the Razorbacks not. Uh, fighting for at least, you know, uh, and uh, a chance to play for the SEC championship, and uh, we were we were fortunate enough to do that. My true freshman year, while I was redshirting with uh, those guys that had the uh, floor, my freshman year in 2006, guys like uh, you know when we had Mitch Mustaine and uh, uh, Robert Johnson and Casey Dick, uh, we had we had quarterback issues at the time. Uh, we had uh, Darren McFadden was. It's going into his sophomore season, and you had big guys like Tony. You go up front, Zach Tubbs, right tackle, Jonathan Louise at center. You had Stephen Parker at left guard. You had a right guard and uh, Robert Felton, who was a good player. You had tight ends that can block, uh, defensive linemen that really held their ground, and uh, guys like Jamal Anderson who can get you 14 sacks, and Marcus Harrison who was a big time three technique who can stuff up the middle and you know all the way from that era to Katrino with Greg Childs, Joe Adams, and Nal Davis and Brian Mallett. I mean it, it, it was a hell of an experience and I feel like personally me being able to be under nut in that in that era and you know learn a lot you know I learned a lot man and, and my Gus Malazan coming in that first year uh, I learned so much about offense man and uh Basically, I learned a lot under Nut, but I learned a lot more under Petrino. Petrino is one of the greatest offensive masterminds that I've ever uh, been around. And basically, to be honest with you, uh, he wouldn't allow none of the things that were going on today uh, to, to, to cause us to lose games because of the type of preparation we went through, the, how, how prepared we were for games. And mm-hmm. It's just like, man, I, I, I honestly – you know, I have so much to say, but it's just like to me as a as a Razorback alumni, diehard fan. You know, I look at what I see, I, I, and I don't see that caliber of a player coming in anymore, and I don't see uh just the the overall pride that Razorbacks have as far as having pride running out the A and and, and putting up a fight, man. We 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 mm-hmm. we've been. For the last two years, man, we have not won one conference game. And that tells you everything you need to know about the tradition of a school that, you know, in 2000, 
six was our last chance playing for an SEC title, and we were one play away against Florida, a very talented Florida team who, went, who eventually went on mm-hmm. to uh, do big things and actually won a national championship. And, you know, uh, just, 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 just in general, um, how I feel about everything that's going on, you know, uh, the pedigree has to be there. You know, the pedigree is not the, the same pedigree that we had in the Nutt and Petrino era. Mm-hmm. Uh, both, of the philosophies, both of the philosophies of those coaches were totally different. They were to- two totally different people, but uh, one thing about them, they both had a, a, a passion for getting guys ready to go and getting guys ready to win. And uh, with uh, Petrino, you know, it was a business approach, but the uh, arsenal that we had on offense, you know, the playbook was, was, was three times as big as Coach Nuts. <laughs> you know, because Coach Nuts, you know, his system was basically, you know, we're going to run this ball with Darren McFadden. we got the best runner in the country. And then when he's tired, we're going to give Felix Jones the ball. And then when Felix Jones tired, we're going to give it to Peyton. And when Peyton's tired, hell, we just going to throw it to Marcus Monk. And you know what I'm saying. I so, mean, you got, you you got know, running backs like that. You kind of have to, don't you? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta, you gotta distribute the ball properly, bro. I feel like that's where this staff has really messed up, or I, not this staff. Morris is where he really messed up. Is like, you know, being a, you know, being with Petrino and and his staff. I sit there and watch his play calling, and I'm just like, run the damn ball. You know, you don't have to throw it all the time. You got a running back that's averaging 10, 15 yards. And you're not giving him the ball. And whenever he gets hot, you pull him out of the game. You know, I'm, I'm talking about Boyd. So, did you see those same types of uh, miscommunication and play calling also? Yeah, man. Uh, actually, to be 100% honest with you, I watched a couple of games. And, uh, you know, I think it's just very hard for me to watch being an alumni. But I do. I do think the kid has a lot of talent, man. I've seen him play real good games. Uh, a lot of, uh, a lot. Of, I wouldn't say garbage yardage, but mm-hmm. he would get a lot of yardage uh, late in games too because of the simple fact that it was just like you know they couldn't key on him, and we would, we would be down so much, and it's like when you do surprise somebody with a run, you go, you know, and uh, just man, it's just it's just to me right now we have a. a we have an opportunity, you know, to turn things around, you know, if if they are able to hold on to some of these recruits that, that Morris got in and developed these guys. But right now, man, is the, 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 the key to Arkansas Razorback football is Arkansas Razorback pedigree. You cannot mm-hmm. get away from what made us who we were. Even under Petrino, we ran the football. We established the run game. And, and Petrino philosophy was we're going to throw the ball early, get these guys tired, and in the, in the second half, once we get the lead, hey, baby, it's the now baby show. And and, and that's exactly what, mm-hmm. what football is all about. It's about a philosophy, and it's about your guys believing in the philosophy. You feel me? And I just mm-hmm. feel as if Morris didn't have the team. There's no way, there's no way you can go zero and whatever – and conference play and, and really have the guys at your back and get them riled up to play and, and go out and win games. Exactly. No, I agree with you 100%. Uh, DeMarcus, you said uh, uh, earlier you like that – or um, 
you said, I like that you said, we're not competing for SEC championships anymore. You didn't just say, you know, we're not going to bowl games anymore. You said we're not competing for SEC championships. And you go, you go back to that, what you're talking about, the Razorback pedigree. Yeah, because that's, that, because that's Razorback standard. Right. And my Dang senior right. year, we, 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 we went to the Sugar Bowl. My standard is, is high. Is, is higher than a standard would be for just the typical um, Razorback alumni because I, I, I walked through these walls. I, I, I was on those practice fields, and I, I was under those coaches, and, and my guys thought enough, highly enough for me to make me two-year team captain. My oh, yeah. junior year and senior year, I never walked out there after my sophomore year because I was a captain. I had to go out for the coin toss. <laughs> right. And so uh, – it was basically a blessing, and it, and, and, and basically it's, it, it's not about what you say. It's about what you put on your resume. Mm-hmm. And uh, the standard that I have and that what I came into, you know, even though uh, when I was getting recruited by Arkansas, we, we, had a, we had a bad year prior, but the potential was there. McFadden was a freshman. Felix was a freshman. Peyton was like a, a, a sophomore or a junior. And uh, this is when I was a senior in high school getting recruited and I, I just basically fell in love with like man the potential of this team is is beyond just whatever that record was prior to me signing in two thousand six. And right after that man we had we had wins where we beat the national champions triple overtime LSU. I know you guys mm-hmm. know all that mm-hmm. about <laughs> that game. Uh ran my red shirt freshman year going down the Baton Rouge and having a team that can pull that on. I don't see a team that can pull that off anymore, man. I, 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 I'm used to going in, whether we lose, win, lose, or draw, we never got blown out and beat just crazy. We kept yeah. it close, and we kept it physical, and, and, and we didn't give a damn about no D-line in the SEC as an offensive line because we're going to get you off the ball. And if we can't get you off the ball, then we, 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 can't, we can't establish what we need to establish. So the standard that I was – that we, we revert back to is we had standard of plan for SEC championships mm-hmm. and been the first team to make it to a BCS Bowl. Now, we didn't win the national championship, but for Arkansas standards, you have to look back and just, and just really drift your mind around the simple fact that, hey, listen, we have a standard here. It's not just <laughs> we come in and lose – all of our conference games, and we're okay with that. The Razorback fan base is not happy. And yeah. the alumni, we want to see a turnaround as well because this is our pride. Mm-hmm. This is us when we're, when, when we're, when we're out here in, 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 in corporate America, in the world, bragging on our, our old university, and we sit up here and we have, to, we have to literally just not even – we don't have any bragging rights anymore. We just have to just say, hey, man, uh, we rebuild and re that, that like we, yeah, we're tired over of that, and over. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're tired of that, and the standard should be that for Arkansas because we can do that. You have everything you need in Fayetteville that you see. It's no different than the rest of those SEC programs. Oh, I would say we're better than most. Way better than Florida. Uh, we got way more better facilities than Florida does. Florida's facilities is horrible. Oh yeah, yeah. I, oh yeah. I was out it, there working it's, their it's camps. Yeah. Just horrible. Just horrible facilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't even I'm got an indoor Arkansas, practice they, field. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been in, I haven't been to to see the new 
the new uh, upgrade. But um, man, it, it was always catered to us to, to be successful, man. Mm-hmm. You know, man, I, I think, like what I, you said. Oh, go ahead, Tim. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chad. All right, I was just gonna say, uh, you, you talked about going down to Baton Rouge. Uh, your redshirt freshman here and beating number one LSU. And I'm sure y'all believed y'all could. The thing is, the difference between now, I think we're talking about the Razorback standard. I used to, before the last couple of years, I believed, you know, oh, we got a shot in every game. In the last couple of years, I've never had this feeling before. It's been like going into these games. Like, I don't, I don't know if we can get, like, this couple, or, you know, game before last, we went down to play number one LSU. I had, had no confidence in us going down this, this season. And winning. But, oh, no, like no, when you guys no, played, I felt like we would win every game. I, I love that. We got to get back to that. Yeah, we were in every game and we had a chance. And as long as you got a guy like Darren McFadden, uh, you got a Felix Jones, you got a Peyton Hillis, man, who made a real big play for us in the LSU game. Uh, a catch that you probably, a lot of people won't even remember that catch. I remember we were fourth and whatever, and Peyton Hillis catches a ball having a Having a fullback who can who can who can get you forty five receptions mm-hmm. and 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 make big plays and know that it's gonna happen because our bet at the at the time I'll tell you this Peyton Peyton Hillis was was actually returning punts at two hundred and fifty pounds so this guy his 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 skill set was used as far as not just the running back he was used as a go to guy in, in in a clutch situation and he came through man and uh. You know, uh, having several of those type of guys back then to now, it's like, who are we going to get our offense out of? In 07, we knew we were going to get 150 yards out of McFadden. We knew we were going to get 90 to 100 yards out of Phoenix. We knew we were going to get balls gone to to, to Marcus Monk and those guys. And and we weren't a a heavy passing team. But at the end of the day, our, our philosophy was not to pass the football. It was to run the football. You got a Heisman candidate at running back, you run the football. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. You got mm-hmm. two first-round running backs. There's no reason for you to have any different type of philosophy. Watch. You got a Heisman candidate at running back, keep running. Absolutely. You know? No, absolutely. 100% guarantee. And you yeah. talked about, I think, uh, it was, I don't know, um, it was Peyton Hill seemed a little hobbled hobbled by injury against that Florida and that's the championship game. Because I remember, like you were talking about, um, him catching a big fourth down. He seemed always on third and four or third and short. That You guys were always, you know, it, it was hardly ever third and long. But we kind of missed him in that the championship going back to what you are saying with Hill getting the big out-of-the-backfield catching the ball. I always remember. Yeah, yeah. I always remember. Yeah, yeah. That, Florida, said that, I was that like, Florida Man. game was one yeah. play. That Florida game was one play from being – a whole different ball game, man. I don't want to, you know, go into detail on, you know, uh, what happened, but we didn't take care of ourselves on special teams that game, and it hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, it was nothing offensively we did. It was nothing defensively we did. Uh, hell, Florida had guys that could score points. You know, you got Percy Harvin, a yeah. guy who uh, was a, a dangerous weapon. You had, you had Chris Leak and Tim Tebow at the same time. Mm. You had, uh, so. Jarvis Moss, a first-round defensive end over there at Florida. You had cornerbacks that could run. You had uh, playmakers at Florida, guys who can advance the ball. And, um, you know, I don't feel that that team was more talented than us. Just special teams-wise, man, we didn't capitalize on a, on a big play. And, you know, it cost us an SEC championship. Yeah, absolutely. I think luck has a lot to do with it. And, uh, you know, it reminds me a lot of the Sugar Bowl. Whenever 
you know, we could have got the scoop and score. We didn't do it. And then, uh, you know, we, that Ohio drops that defensive end out into the flats and picks that ball off. And, uh, goodness gracious, like we should have won that game, you know. And, and we were slow and getting we, out of the that game, one, too. That one in. I would say that year. I would say Ohio State. We 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 went. We that year Ohio State. We had a chance. Auburn. We went out there and put up forty four. It's just that Cam Newton at the time. You have to understand. Cam Newton at the time was the best player that that, that college had ever seen. Mm-hmm. He was unstoppable. We didn't have anybody on defense that can tackle him. Six six two fifty four five speed. Uh, rushing for fourteen hundred yards, throwing for another four thousand under Gus Malzahn. Who was my offensive coordinator as a freshman? I knew Malazan was going to capitalize on what Cam Newton can do, and I just wanted to put up points. Mm-hmm. We went and put up points. We were in that game, and um, Arvin ended up winning the Natty that year. But we went down there, and uh, Mallet was hurt. Tyler Wilson stepped right up. We mm-hmm. didn't miss a beat, man. And and that's what I want to see again. Even if Mallet, even if the first screen guy goes down. Tyler Wilson kept us in that Arvin game. If you go back and look at it, hell, we were we 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 were right there with Arvin. We was hey, oh yeah, they scored. They just scored a shitload of points, man. And uh, <laughs> you got to understand that uh, putting on forty four at Arvin and still losing, that is yeah, man, that's, that's devastating, man. I wanted that win really bad that year, and uh, you know, just having a team that can go and. And you you have the confidence that hey, one play here, one two plays there, you know you got a chance. But you know it's not like that anymore. Uh, I don't expect us to be a Clemson or a Alabama right now. No, I don't expect that because to have a program like that, you have to get in those type of caliber guys. They're getting five star recruits, and all they're doing is just reload. And they already have a system in place and philosophy. So it's easy to uh, to continue to, to to be in the mix when you have a foundation. Chad Morris didn't didn't set a foundation. Yeah, he recruited well, but he didn't. You can obviously tell that he didn't have the players, and he didn't have schematically. He didn't know how to game plan against teams because there's no mm-hmm. way you lose a, a, a Western Michigan mm-hmm. and 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 uh, I don't know the name of these teams who lost to man. <laughs> it's not important. And, yeah, that's that proves the point. North Texas, so yeah, Portland yeah, so, State. Uh, Jeez. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's that's horrible. That's that's crazy, crazy, and uh, yeah, I don't know. You can go back and listen to the other podcasts. I'm not going to get started. Hey, Demarcus. <laughs> You know, I think it's awesome that we got an O-lineman on today. We we hired an O-lineman as the head coach. How do you feel about the uh, the coaching hire at the University of Arkansas? Pittman. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm, uh, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it. good and bad. You know, I'm going to be 100% uh, straight up with you. Absolutely. Um, I felt as if with all these coaching hires and, and contracts that Arkansas has had to put in these coaches, you know, you paid out, you know, you got rid of Petrino, you're paying out on Belema, you know, you owe Chad Morris money, and it's almost like you don't give yourself a chance to get the best candidate possible for Arkansas football. Nobody has ever rallied and like, hey, let's go get a guy that's, a, you know, a hot offensive coordinator or mm-hmm. a hot defensive coordinator or someone who – 
under a, a championship pedigree to grab one of these guys to kind of bring that back to Arkansas. Now, I will give you this. Georgia is a good team. They had dogs on the offensive line. They've always been solid on the offensive line. Uh, but Lemma was an offensive line guy. And, uh, you know, to me, I don't want to follow down that same path. But I, at, at the same time, if this guy's able to – he knows what it takes. He's been at Georgia, a number four uh, ranked team at one point, you know, SEC championship team. He got him to the SEC championship as an offensive line coach. Uh, he knows the pedigree it takes. And one of the things that Arkansas line is missing is off- uh, uh, Arkansas missing is offensive line pedigree. Mm-hmm. You have to have offensive line pedigree just for the simple fact that offensive line pedigree puts you puts you in a position to where you're in the trenches. There's nothing more that uh, that establishes a game than what happens up front. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, that guy knows that. He knows offensive line. He's going to know practice. He's going to know talent. He's going to know how to get those type of guys in. The thing for him and the challenges for him will be, hey, man, this is your first gig on this type of level. Let's see how you handle it. You know, uh, let's see how let's see how you handle it as a head coach. You know, because I don't I don't know anything about Smith as a uh, I don't know anything about him too much as a any type of head coaching jobs he's had. I know he mm. no he's, he's never had a good program he's never been a head coach, never been a coordinator. And he's never been a part of a rebuild team. He's always coached pretty decent teams. So that's the only thing that scares me about him are those three things. And I was getting into that point. And that's and that's what I was getting into. He has not yet you know, it's like for Arkansas and what we needed we needed assurance. Mm-hmm. This is another guesstimation project with this guy. This is all it is. It's basically, okay, he's never coached before. We're just hoping that he can turn us around. It's, it's, no, it's, it's no resume as far as any of the things you mentioned. Any other, any, no resume with building a rebuild, having a rebuilding team. No resume with head coaching uh, and lead men. You know, uh, those things right there will come into question. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you one thing. He should know talent. Being in Georgia all that time, mm-hmm. if you don't know talent and know how to recruit talent, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a plus for him. And by him being a no line guy, I'm a no line guy. Hell, O line guys, we, we man, we just the big guys. We uh, we like to eat and laugh and talk about everybody. And I'm pretty sure the atmosphere is gonna be pretty offensive line. And, and, and he can get the guys in that's gonna like. What he brings to the table and 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 what he believes in, and if he can get guys to buy into his philosophy, take a little bit of that sauce that he got out there in Georgia to get to that SEC championship, we might have a shot. Yeah, I totally agree. I know he's he's uh, pulled a recruit from Georgia, four star, which is good. Uh, he was a head coach at a community college, so he did have a little bit of a experience there. And he's been an associate head coach for 10 years. So hopefully he's, you know, actually been the right-hand man in that associate position and he's taken on some of those head coaching responsibilities. He might be the right guy to step in and uh, do it. And I also read something that said 
if you get somebody that is uh, a position coach and take them straight in, they're more likely to act like a CEO of the program than when you bring a coordinator in and they try to run their offense too. You know, you're more likely to you yeah he's gonna have a lot of faith on who he brings in on staff and i'm pretty sure everybody that he brings on staff will be somebody he has a relationship with and somebody he believes in so it's gonna be his thing man and uh you know we won't know anything until the next start of next year on how you know the progression is I mean, you know i wouldn't be so hard on him and critical his first year mm-hmm. you know we got to give him some time but uh, second, third year, man, I want to see a turnaround. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that was the thing. Yeah. This past, this past last, this past year, we didn't see any kind of uh, improvement from the second year. But yeah, no. you're right. Uh, no. You're right. It's uh, Pittman's second or third year. Left to yeah. see some, you know, speed for a bowl game, and then going on to kind of compete for the SEC. Yeah, yeah. I think if he could pull off a bowl game in his second year. Uh, and, and and progress from there, we'll have a shot. No, we'll have a shot. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I, I'm, we're not going to go into the schedule right now, but I looked at it. I think he could win all of his non-conference games and then uh, pull two more wins next year, and, and that'd take us to a bowl game. I could see that happening because I felt like part of the problem was just the play calling was so horrible. Um, oh my cost god! Us so many games. I just think you you tighten that up. You get the right coordinator in. You know you're good to go. Yeah, you got to get you a high coordinator. You got to get you a guy who knows how to stretch the field, and you got to get you a guy that know how to use his talent and get everything out of everybody. If you don't have a guy that 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 knows that, you're still gonna be. We're still gonna be here talking about this three years from now. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's key. You know, uh, offensive coordination is key, man. And one thing about it, when I like I thought, I hate to keep going back to my era, but we always had good coordinators. We had Gus Malazan my freshman year mm-hmm. uh, when I registered. We had David Lee from the from the Cowboys when we uh, we beat LSU in that overtime game. My sophomore year, uh, Paul Petrino, a uh, building team at the time, Paul Petrino was our coordinator, but Bob, Bob, Bobby is the one who called play. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah. and by Petrino, as far as the offensive mastermind, there's nobody better in the game, nobody better in the business than Bobby Petrino as far as offensive play call. In my opinion, that I played under, and I played under NFL coaches. I played under uh, Bill Musgrave. Um, I played up under, I played up under uh, Shannon Han- Cal Shanahan in Atlanta. I was in camp down there for a little while, and uh, I just think Petrino's play calling and his philosophy. It just fit everything you want to do as a football team, man. Because we all bought it, we all bought in the Petrino, and, and and he would tell us honestly exactly what we needed to do to accomplish what we needed to accomplish. And he told us his philosophy, and he, he you know he wanted to stretch the field early, and he uh we wanted to run the ball in the second half, and that, and that, and that's and that's how we rocked with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned working. I didn't even. Uh... Notice that would be Kyle Shanahan because he he's got pretty much one of the best teams in the NFL. The Forty Nine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as awesome. the outside zone run, as far as the outside zone run, Kyle Shanahan is a beast, man. He's a beast, and uh, 
And uh, I was there for a little while, but I, like I say, man, Petrino's one of the best minds in the game as far as offensive coordinating. Gus Malazan was, too. Some of the mm-hmm. stuff Gus Malazan put in my freshman year, some of the plays he would draw up, you would just be like, man, like, this guy is – this guy is – he, he, he was he – was, he, he, he had plays, man. He, 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 knew, he knew what he was doing. Well, you've probably been asked this before, but i got to ask you, man. The, the controversy between, you know – Houston didn't like Gus and wouldn't let him call plays and all that stuff. What was your experience with that? I had no experience. I was a player, mm-hmm. and I was a, I was a, I was a true freshman. I was red shirting at the time, and I was just giving guys looks on scout team. Okay. So, uh, I, I, I and but I, I will say this: uh, Malazan was fresh out of high school at the time, and Malazan philosophy didn't match up with Nuts philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, Malazan uh, was, you know, as we know, Malazan likes to stretch the field, you know, and, and Nutt likes to run the ball, kill the clock, and play good defense. And that's how um, that's how it went. Um, nothing bad to say about any of those guys. They were great yeah. minds. Yeah, but I kind of think ego gets in the way in coaching all the time. It gets the ego in oh, corporate yeah. America and life. Hell, with your wife, you got ego. Yep. So at the end of the day, man, you know – when you have a guy that feels as if he's not able to broadcast his total talent, mm-hmm. he's going to move on. And that's what Gus Malazan did, and it was the best decision for him because he went on the talk and put up good offensive numbers and, you know, got an offensive coordinator job at Auburn with Cam Newton and got him a national mm-hmm. title. And he's done, he was, man, it, 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 the poop is in the resume. So Gus Malazan, he, he, he's one hell of a coordinator. But with your, with your question, we didn't see as much as players. Um, mm-hmm. They kept that behind closed doors. All we was able to do was just run the plays call. And uh, but I do think, as I'm older and you know out of the situation, mm-hmm. I do think that they butted heads on a lot of the play calling. And Nut wanted to get Nut being a little rock guy, he wanted to get McFadden at Heisman. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Malazan did too. But at the end of the day. Malazan coming in with the Wildcat and doing what he did, it, it just it just basically put us in a situation to where it was like, wow, we have uh, something that nobody else has ever seen uh, being run. You know, with McFadden lining up at quarterback and Felix in motion with Peyton Hillis as the uh, offset back. It was mm-hmm. almost an unstoppable combination. Well, you're right, man. That That was a you know, it was such a thinking outside the box at the time, going with the wildcat and all that. And back then, they wasn't being used as much. And, uh, you know, I think that, that really helped them out a lot using that scheme. And you've seen Morris try to do that, and he just didn't have the personnel to do it. And he wasn't no. even doing it the no. right way, you know. Yeah, and McFadden was an athlete. That's what you have to understand. When McFadden came out of high school, he wasn't just a running back. He was no, a free he was safety. A quarterback. He was a running back. He was a quarterback. He was, he was a he was an athlete. Mm-hmm. So in order for you to run the Wildcat, not only do you have to have running back cap- capability, you have to be able to throw the ball sometimes too, in which McFadden could. He had like four touchdown passes out of that formation. Um, and, and he was high with his completion percentage. So – 
you have to you have to give him credit, man. Like he he did he had a he had a hell of a run with that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you have to have personnel for that. You know, you just can't have uh, a true running back running wildcat. He has to have some type of some type of wiggle to be able to, and then he has to be able to have an arm to. That's just, and he, he, you want him to have the arm just because of the simple fact that whenever everybody's coming up, you can always throw a, a live pass over to the tight end for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Feel me? So you have to have it all, and then you got to be able to read defense. So McFadden was a football player, man. Obviously, he just got accepted to the college. Football Hall of Fame, man. Uh, congratulations to him and his family and, and, and everything he's accomplished. And I, I, I love McFadden. He's a brother, man. He's a, he's a he's my favorite running back of all time, man. And I'll never forget uh, the days practicing with guys like that. The first day I saw him run, I was like, damn, this guy looks like he runs a 4 40 out here. I, I was like, <laughs> I've never seen anything like it coming from high school. And, uh, it was a great experience, man. My two years, I, I, I played with him. I was able to block for him in that LSU game, triple overtime. I started that game as a redshirt freshman and was able to be a part of that. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it don't get much better than that, man. But to run the Wildcat offense, you have to have a dynamic player. Oh, yeah. And Darren McFadden, in my, in my personal record book, Darren McFadden has two Heismans. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was robbed. No, <laughs> nobody did what he did. So no, nobody was able to come. Nobody could have duplicated what he did. I feel like he was robbed, mm-hmm. and, and everybody in the Arkansas fan base. If you don't feel like he was robbed, I don't feel like you're an Arkansas fan. So that's how <laughs> oh, I feel. Damn right. No, I agree with you 100. percent He was definitely robbed. I mean, you got to think he did what he did with a broke toe. One of those years, he he didn't even get the first couple games. Yeah, he wasn't even healthy against USC, man. He was barely he he wasn't even at full speed. Mm-mm. If Madden's at full speed, we know what can happen. So uh, we're not gonna even talk about that. But at, at the end of the day, when he's at full speed, you're gonna see results like that triple overtime game at LSU. That's the type of results you're gonna get. Absolutely. Did you know when you when you were in practice in games? Did you know like wow, he's that's one of the best uh, college football players. Oh yeah, ever practice, I just tell people all the time, man. Like when he used to take off running, I was just like he's like he's like nobody else was. When he used to take off running in practice, I used to be like, man, he he, he looks like a creative player. It's like <laughs> he's moving so fast, and everybody he's just learning by guys, and mm-hmm. everybody else trying to find out where he's at. You know, like. I, I used to, I used to be just like, I didn't, and I told my cousin before the NFL combine, I said, man, I think McFadden's gonna run a four two, and I, I was like, he was like, nah, no way. I said, bro, I watch this guy in practice every day. He's gonna run a four two, and God behold, he goes to the combine his first unofficial time four two seven, and uh, that's the type of speed this guy has. You know, that was that that speed you can't coach, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was uh, my freshman year at uh, the U of A, 2006, and the sophomore year was 2007. So, I, I mean, you got you got to play with them, obviously. But I was, I know I'm always lucky enough to always going to be with my kids and grandkids. At least I watched them, watch some of those games, and that uh, South Carolina game in 07 where he uh, ran for 330 yards. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. Yeah. 
Yeah, he just torched those guys. They they, they didn't have a chance. And then not <laughs> to mention Felix had another hundred and some yards. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Demarcus, let me ask you this: as far as games you played in, for me, the biggest, I guess, most exciting game was the comeback win we had in uh, Dallas Cowboys Stadium against Texas A&M. Uh, how did you how did you feel about that game as a player? Uh, Texas, the, the, the game against, uh, are you talking about when I was back when I was playing? or Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It was know, the comeback. Uh, the they Cowboys. were up on us by several points and we came out the second half and just came back and won the game. Just manhandled it and won it. And I felt I always that, felt that, like that, that, that was the most. Ex- that all comes with. That all comes with being mentally stronger, having a short memory, mm-hmm. and that's where it comes in with Petrino. We were trained mentally to come back from anything. Our workouts every Friday were military workouts, mm-hmm. carrying rocks, breaking us in, breaking us down in the off season because he knew that it was going to come a time where we faced a team that, hey, we're going to come against some adversity, but guess what? Well, as long as you got Ryan Mallett at quarterback, you got a chance. Ryan Mallett didn't give a, Ryan Mallett didn't give a damn about who we were playing. <laughs> Ryan Mallett would talk noise. He would tell you, hey, I'm going to throw this. I'm going to throw a bomb on your ass right now, and he'd do it. And oh, yeah. uh, I'd, I'd be pass blocking and I, I always tell people this story. I don't know if they believe me. I don't give a damn if they do. But I could hear the wind off Mallet's arm. When I would pass block, I could hear the wind when he would throw the ball because his arm was just that powerful. Oh, yeah. It was so powerful that you can, you can hear the ball. You can hear poof. You can hear it. And then you look up and he, he's hitting Charles or Jay Wright or Joe Adams. And it was nothing to him, man. He could – Mallet – felt like he could make every throw. Well, Mallet had perfect mechanics, then. too. If you go back and watch Mallet, he had perfect mechanics. Whenever, you know, he oh, was yeah. coming over with his arm, it was a perfect fulcrum. It was great as far as the leverage goes. He followed through with his thumb all the way to his hip pocket every single time. So I can believe it. I, I bet you he was zinging it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He... Ain't nobody, ain't nobody come through Arkansas with an arm like Ryan Mallett, man. I'm sorry to tell you. It, it, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of quarterbacks came through, but nobody had that type of power. And, and he had, he had a confidence, too, about him. Like, he knew he could win a game. Even when he was down, like, he knew he could come back and, and win it. But, I mean, the and receivers we had at the time, too. We, we, all those guys got drafted. Everybody. All those guys went on to the NFL. You know, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. All the nuts and and, and Petrino's guys, hey, those guys went to the NFL, man. Oh, uh, Jay Wright, Greg Child, Joe mm-hmm. Adams, they all got drafted. They were they, they were they were talented individuals. Kobe Hamilton, uh, these type of players that he had, that the weapons that Mallet had, it, it was nothing you can tell us. We we before that year, we felt like we were national champions. Mm-hmm. You know. We, that's just the way we carried ourselves. We walked into every game. We want to we want to kick everybody's ass, bro. And I don't see that anymore. I don't see any type of. You have to bring you have to bring in players with pedigree of winning. And mm-hmm. I do understand this is a new era. This is 2019. A lot of these kids are soft, man. 
And I'm going to just tell it like it is. They got iPhones at seven years old now. They don't have to work as hard as they did back back when we were in the game. That was the last era of straight, raw, physical football. Mm-hmm. You know, before this this new era of everybody's running four wide now. You know, we lined up two tight ends and a running back, two running backs, we, a fullback. We're going we gonna to just, just, just make mm-hmm. it a bloodbath. But it's not like that anymore. You know, these kids – and the way you coach these kids are different now because they're they're a little bit more sensitive than the guys that came in with my era where we were old-fashioned coaches. Hell, we mm-hmm. get dog-cussed, and we're not transferring. We're just going to go line back up and do it again. Absolutely. But uh, you have to – and, and a, lot of these, a lot of the kids of this era, man, you have to be a player's coach to get the best players now because they don't want to be asked to. And uh, that's just what it is, man. They they want to be coached, but in order for that to work as a coach, you got to get good players who you don't have to coach up as much. And that's what Clemson has done a good job of. Alabama has done a good job of. Ohio State has done a good job of. They've always had guys that, hey, these guys are so good and they high caliber that I don't have to do as much as, as I would with a guy that, he, 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 you, you gotta, you gotta get him ready to go. I don't want those type of guys. Mm-hmm. Well, and, what the, what? Know, that's 2019, man. That's the era we live in. These players are gonna be. It's, it's more about me attitude, man. You see all the stuff going on with Antonio Brown. Come oh, on yeah. now. <laughs> and, and he said, yeah, everybody the, feels entitled. <laughs> he said, and with the with the kids these days, well, uh, at least Sam Pittman, new coach, he's uh, known for being a players guy so maybe mm-hmm. maybe this is the right time for uh for him to take over a head coaching job if the, yeah, those, those if the kind of kids are going that way you know the bill belichick the bill parcells those guys now they, they're not as they're not as sought after with players anymore and they're not as they're not as sought after with programs because you 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 you, you want your Pete carroll you know you want right. your lane get that, that you know you it's just it's just you want your players coaches now because players are able to buy in your philosophy easier when you relate to them. Mm-hmm. You, and if you don't relate to the players, man, you you pretty much you pretty much are just a drill sergeant. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you're saying, 100. percent You know, I I agree with you, man. My favorite package probably was the big package that uh, Petrino would roll out when he rolled that out. I, that was always exciting down inside the 20 and he's he's throwing big out there and and that was a that was a heck of a you know heck of a squad we had on that uh on that personnel right right it was it was it was it was, it was, it was one of a kind mm-hmm. well when you talk about your uh when the your fifth option almost on the passing game is kobe hamilton at least mm-hmm. before you know, he got all up on the years when he had, you know, Rod and Adams and Childs. And he's got uh, DJ well, Williams. Yeah, DJ Williams. No, no, Chris no, DJ Williams. You got to put DJ Williams in yeah. there too, man. Don't forget Bobby about him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's DJ a packy type Yeah. I mean, when he got options like that, I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. But it's all about recruiting, though, and pedigree. Mm-hmm. All those guys had pedigree. DJ Williams, Little Rock guy, basketball player. And a football player in high school, pedigree. Like I said, uh, uh, Kobe Hamilton. Uh, also, he won state in the 200 meters and in, 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 in track 
in high school. These guys were these guys were athletes. Joe mm-hmm. Adams, he was a basketball player and a football player. He could have went to college for both. You know, it's, it's you know, it's it, it's just it's just you know, you, these guys they had it's pedigree, man. And think about all the guys who got from Warren. They had a pedigree of winning. Warren Warren had Jay Wright, Greg Charles, Chris Gregg, all in one class. All those guys got drafted. We had pedigree players. And you cannot sit up here and argue with me and say that the pedigree then is similar to now because it isn't. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I can't argue with you on that one. Well, we'll get back there. You know, I think it's just about uh, it's just about getting the right guys in and stuff. I think Pittman's going to be able to do it. At, uh, even if he's if it's an in between situation where you know we're paying him a little bit less money and he gets us back to you know six eight wins and then somebody else comes in and takes us to the next level, um, it'll still be good. But you know I, I'm excited. I think he'll do better than uh, Morris for sure. Morris was a Texas guy, and you're a Texas guy, so do you know a lot about him? This is what this is what I thought when Morris first was hired. Um, I don't think I don't think Morris knew what it took to coach SEC football versus what he was dealing with in SMU. He had a, and and let's not let's not let's not let's be real here. He was seven and five in SMU coming coming to Arkansas. Maybe mm-hmm. eight and four. I forgot the record. Probably one or two. He hadn't really done. He he hadn't really dominated that conference. When you come to the SEC, it's damn near like the NFL. The mm-hmm. coordinators are paid like NFL players. The coaches are play. The coordinators are play like NFL coaches. The the coaches are play like NFL coaches. They game plan. Hell, when I was when I was playing for Barbara Trino, I see those coaches come in at five six a.m. and they wouldn't leave till midnight. Mm-hmm. So it's a different type of commitment to the SEC. You don't you don't get to just. Hey, we practice, we'll go through the motions. And that's what it was with Chad Morris. Those guys went through the motions. I don't even have to have been in a locker room. They went through the motions. They didn't, they didn't have the same, the same uh, approach that we had. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, SEC pedigree, uh, you, you know exactly what you need to survive. You got to have the O-linemen and you got to have athletic O-linemen. And you got to have D linemen that can get to the quarterback and that can stuff the run. It's, it's real simple. Your linebackers have to be undersized so they can run and cover. It's real simple. You know, the SEC, the, the, the format hasn't changed. It's the most athletic conference in the world. And it's, there, and it's for a reason. We are out south, wherever, where all the heat is, where all the talent is. Florida has the speed. Georgia got talent. Mississippi has talent. And this is, this is from. From a high school standpoint, mm-hmm. then you get guys from Texas to go to Arkansas and LSU. They're some of the best players in Texas. So you have to understand, like, hey man, shoot, the SEC. That's the, the those kids that you're getting. That most of them that they are they are football pedigree individuals that know how to play the game. And some of those country boys from those back roads, man, they they'll give you a run for your money. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Absolutely. What, think, uh, the, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Chess. No, oh, I was just going to say, one of the things I was excited about with Pittman was that he pulls guys all over the nation. He, he'll just grab somebody from Hawaii, wherever, 
he he needs to get somebody. He gets out there and gets them at least as an O line coach. So I hope he takes that same strategy, uh, and, and we and we get away from the oh we we only gotta focus on Texas and 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 you know uh, Louisiana and, and Mississippi and Missouri and and we we start branching out a little further. You know getting down into Florida and California and, you know, even even some of the Hawaiian Islanders as O-linemen and stuff. I will say, Chad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Samoans would do some of the best linemen, period, man. Just because of the way that they, their tradition, they have a real aggressive tradition, and they ha- and they also have the size and the, they have the bulk to, um, to, to, to play, play within the offensive line. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, those, mm-hmm. you know, the Hawaii Hawaiians don't have guys, man. They they have guys out there, and and they build big, 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 big things in Hawaii. It's probably nothing much else to do in Hawaii other than go to the beach, have fun, and play some ball. <laughs> Sounds like a good life, though, for sure. Yeah, but I, I, going back to that, Chad. You know, uh, also last time Pitt was here him. when he was under uh, Bielema, he did have. Guys from kind of uh, all over the the country, you know, because he had a, uh, you know, Denver Kirkland from Miami, and then Frank Ragnow from Minnesota, and Dan Skipper from Colorado, or Tola from right. California. So hopefully he'll he'll kind of bring that do that again. I love that philosophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I like Dan Skipper, man. I like he was a good, he was one of the he was one of the guys once I left. I used to, I used to like him play. He was a big tall guy. Mm-hmm. He could he could deliver his four guy six nine. You know he was he was solid. He was solid. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the Marcus though we were talking about kind of kind of going along with that. What made you down in Texas want to come up come up and be a Razorback? Well, I wanted to play against the best competition, and oh, uh, yeah. coming out of high school, man, uh, I had one SEC offer offer. And uh, that you have to understand, that was Arkansas University. And when mm-hmm. Coach Nutt came to my house and talked to my parents, man, I felt as if I felt as if he had my best interest at heart, and I felt like he was gonna have my back. And uh, you know, I, I I I committed and I signed, and uh, I don't regret not one decision. You know, that was that was the best decision for me. And uh, I always knew, I always watched the Razorbacks as a kid, and. You know, younger when Matt Jones was there and mm-hmm. when they would come beat Texas. And, you know, I really wasn't too much of a big I, – I was from Texas, but I really wasn't too much of a fan of them as, as far as everyone else. So, man, mm-hmm. it was it was nothing for me to, to make that decision to go to Arkansas. It was just in my heart. Shoot, yeah. That's what we like to hear. Mm-hmm. You're good. Uh, yeah, we appreciate you being Razorback, man. That's always – I like as a oh, long yeah, exactly. one that you're – you're very hardcore Arkansas Razorback, like, and, and uh, you know, I just appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I guess you kind of have to be. People say, what's your team? What's your team? And I'm like, you know, I worked for the Razorbacks for four years. Like, yeah. I don't think I could have another team. Like, I could go work for another team, but I couldn't, like, root for another team, I guess. Right, right, right. I mean... You know, it's, it's, it's you know it's commitment, but it's business too, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you when when you with a team like that, you have to understand that uh, you know sometimes you get you get 
better opportunities. And sometimes you have to leave, uh, you know, just a personal for personal life decisions and, and family decisions. So it doesn't, uh, you know, it. You still have a razor back at heart, but hey, man, you have to do what you have to do for your career and your life. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, a hundred percent guarantee. Uh, I think right. you're you're right on the money with that. Hey, hey, man, I'll be back on the podcast, man. Y'all, y'all want to hear from me just once. I, you know, Chad gonna hit me up, and I'm gonna always answer. And you want to talk Razorback, man? I'm gonna talk it all day because this is what I do. I'm, I'm, I'm Razorback to the core, bro. You can't, you can't find nobody in Texas more Razorback than me. Oh man, that's what I like to hear. Yeah, we was looking forward to that. Yeah. Well, you know, you're welcome on the podcast anytime. Uh, you just let me. I work with some kids. I, I go to camps and train no linemen, and that's awesome. you know, uh, I played about five years pro and uh, had some injuries. So right now, man, I'm just basically, basically just enjoying Dallas, man. You know, you know, go to a couple of basketball games and football games around the local high schools and just enjoy sports, just from a whole man, and 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 just just living life, man, just. Listen, living life, man, and my life would be a hell of a lot better if, if the Razorbacks won some games, <laughs> and I could I could start bragging to these guys that I that went to other schools that are my friends that I played mm-hmm. with over the years, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't... You, you you can't say it better than that. Like life's well, good, but it, it'd be a damn lot better if the Hawks were Hawks were winning more games. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I sleep. I would. I would sleep much better at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get there for sure. It definitely will. Hey man, thank you guys for having me, man. I'm gonna be on the show again whenever Chad call me. Hey man, it's nothing. You, I'm gonna call away, bro. And uh, <laughs> we 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 gonna talk about we gonna talk about Smith. We're going to talk about Smith in the, in, in, at, at this same time next year. We're going to give an update. And I want y'all to remember this podcast, man, so we can we can see some development and growth in this Razor Bay program. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. We'll probably get you on for there. We'll get we'll get something worked out with you. Okay, man. Y'all y'all have a good one, man. And go Razorbacks. Woo Pig Suey. Yes, sir. Woo Pig Suey, Mark. Woo Pig Suey. All right. Y'all have a good one. Alright, thank All right. you. Back to the Hog Call Podcast. Alright, so welcome back. So, yeah, man, it's, it's uh, basketball is upon us. And, uh, we took our first loss to Western Kentucky. Uh, that was a tough game, Tim. Uh, you know, we went down there and wound up uh, losing 79-86. Uh, I felt like there was a foul in regulation at the end at the last shot, and uh, we should have went to the free throw line. I think it was Joe that was shooting the ball. Um, I don't know. What did you think about that game? Yeah, no, I uh, – I, um, um. It's a game that we we really had, man. We were up by six uh, pretty late with a minute to play or so, and had mm-hmm. trouble through a full court press. Um, we had a lot. You know, of we were down. When they went zone too. Yeah, well, I mean, every team's been playing zone on us because we can't shoot three, so they're forcing us to 
jack up a lot of threes. And um, as you know, Chad, we uh, there's way too many, man. Um, they the, well, in the first in the first half we shoot free uh, four free throws, mm-hmm. but in the second half we do improve to twelve. It's like they get have to get told at halftime to attack the basket. Mm-hmm. You know, Desi Seals was was awesome that game. He's taken it to the hoop. He he actually was he was shooting the ball about forty five percent from three, so he wasn't bad three out of seven. But some of these guys, Jones, zero for four, um, Harris one for four. I don't know why he's taking four. Um, and then like you know, and then Wits getting these his eight foot ten foot jump shots um, close to the basket, but he was scoring. But we're having a tough time scoring against their zone. Man, we're really missing a big man, Adrio. We're just not. Finding Adrios for uh, against some of these teams, like with when they had Charles Bassey, mm-hmm. uh, who you know we held him. I mean, we did pretty fairly well on him. About playing before he went out with actually a season when he went down with the knee injury. And I think with a couple minutes left in the game or the, the regulation, I think mm-hmm. he saw he's out for the season. So I feel really bad for that. Bad for him, man, because uh, I wanted to beat him and him go on to have a good season. But uh, you know, I felt like. We just got out rebound and we turned the ball over more. Sloppy game, man. If we would have just done a little something different at the end, we could escape. But yeah, we we haven't faced a lot of pressure this year from teams, and um, now we are. This is what better competition is going to be about, or on the road at least. We probably would have smoked Western Kentucky at home, but on yeah. the road's different. I felt like the defense was good uh, with you know four steals, you know the five blocks. Uh, you know, I thought they, they played really hard as far as that goes. To me, the biggest difference, you know, and I say it, I've been saying it every week, is this uh, three-point percentage of 30% shooting nine for 30. I mean, goodness gracious. That is a lot of uh, three-point shots to be jacking up. Yeah, not making going over for 3 in overtime. You know, you got a shot to salvage that game. Regulation really wasn't, you know, shooting about uh, a little bit better, but just over. I mean, just in key moments, just not. We're, we got outscored in the paint. Western Kentucky had 46 points in the paint. We had 26. There's got to be a way we, you know, Reggie Cheney has a decent game with six rebounds and three blocks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a solid there, but zero, not even a field goal attempted. So, some way we've got to find ways to get it into Cheney. And he's only playing 12 minutes, um, but he's got to find ways to, ways to score. I mean, he did have a couple turnovers maybe when they were looking for him um, in situations like that. But him and Bailey, and we need to get Ethan Henderson more time because Sill is not – he's played 18 seconds. So um, Free throws we something did, pre- Yeah, yeah. <laughs> free throws, man, I mean – I mean, that's important. I mean, can win a game. that second half? 11 for 12, man, not miss it. Like in crunch, I mean, there's a lot of – Crucial moments. Well, like we were, we were behind with five minutes left to play, and we came back. We were down at halftime for the first time of the season. We came back mm-hmm. and just did a little thing here, a little there. We escaped with the win, and um, it's not you know it's not a devastating loss, but it's like we we, we should have had that win. It would have been a nice one to have in the bag because mm-hmm. we got, don't have a lot of opportunities besides that Indiana, at least in the next couple games. Exactly. So it was a tough game, you know. It was a tough loss to take, but. Uh, you know, I was hoping we would get to 10 wins, you know, before we lost. And, you know, that's yeah. where the 94 team got to. You know, it's it's always disappointing when you when you don't. But at the same time, we can turn it around and, 
and continue to pull out some wins and and uh, be okay. You know, one loss isn't you know in killing you, especially in basketball because there's a lot of games in basketball. Yeah, and there's there's gonna be a lot more opportunities for uh, um, some victories, and you know you need this. You know, it's good to be tested. At least we weren't tested. I mean, we're. I mean, even the last couple of games. You know, we we're talking a week ago in the last podcast about some of those games escape from victories against Austin P, Northern Kentucky, close matchups that you know we found to be trouble spots, kind mm-hmm. of worried about, and it came to bite uh, some of our deficiencies. Came to bite this team uh, in Western Kentucky, but but there's things to work on. It shows. I mean. I mean, you know, you it gets look, the team really kind of bust the rubble of being undefeated, eight and zero. You know, probably feeling pretty, pretty high on themselves. You know, selling out, but Walton and Fe- like quite a, the pretty much all the rest of the Saturday games for the season. You yeah. know, they're probably thinking pretty heavy on themselves. But now they know, you know, you can drop one to to a conference USA school. You know, we got conference coming up in about three or four games. I think there's three non-conference games uh, before SEC play. That's it. Exactly. And then, you know, we rebounded well, you know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we didn't have a bad game. We just didn't it didn't fall our way. Uh, I think, you know, if we, if we start, I don't know, just take it to the hoop a little more, you know. <laughs> take take a few more, you know, fouls and stuff. Be, don't, you're going to have to be that. okay going in for that. You know, dribbling it in, going in for that layup, and just getting demolished by that big guy down low. Taking the foul and shooting your free throws. That's what we need. Yeah. And Bassey only had one block. And he got blocked once. You know, he went to, they only had four, they had less blocks than we did. We were playing a more physical game. And we got out rebounded 44 39, but that's, I mean, that's pretty good for a bigger team. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know what I mean? So that's not, that's not too shabby. No, and, not uh, bad at all. You know, but the second half they were they were starting to make more of an effort, and they were do, doing that kind of. Well, they uh, uh, and we scored. We we're down at half, thirty three twenty eight. In the second half, we outscored them forty five to forty to kind of come back. But mm-hmm. it's one play here, one, and we're not talking about loss. I don't. I really don't. Um, you know, I agree with you, Chad. There's a lot more opportunities left. I mean, it's just we knew this wasn't good. This isn't the national championship team. Kind of building. the Hope to continue to build the program towards that, but uh, this is a team we, we want to compete for an NCAA tournament bid. And, oh yeah, let's just see what we can take. A lot it, more you know? It was good to not. I think kind of before the season, you think about the season, the schedule. It's like you at least want to uh, wanted to split Western Kentucky and Georgia Tech road games. Mm-hmm. Really, the thing would have been to go two and one against Indiana, Western Kentucky, and Georgia Tech. So maybe we go to Indiana. It'd be nice to go weeks. down there, get yeah. them, man. Knock them out. They're uh, they were they're like nine and one. They're pretty they're pretty solid. Well, so that'll be. be a big game here. <laughs> that'll be a big one. So you got Jimmy Witt. He got the majority of the time in this game. Forty three uh, minutes. Mason Jones thirty six minutes. Seals getting thirty six. Isaiah Joe getting forty two. Uh, Bailey getting twenty nine. Cheney getting 12, Harris 23, and then Henderson and Sela, uh, they really didn't get any time. Henderson got a minute and, and Sela got like 18 seconds. So uh, it was nice to see us, you know, putting some putting some folks in and, and getting a little bit of depth in there. But uh, I think Western Kentucky did a better job. They got they got some more of their guys in for a little bit longer on the bench. 
Emily did, and we had talked about how that was one of our, uh, you know, that's where we had a deficiency going in. So, yeah, and a lot of things too. I think Musselman had said it too. Um, it's easily noticed, but I don't know we talked about it during the game. Uh, we're playing kind of playing a little too not uh, fast enough transition. You know, kind of walking the floor, uh, walking a little bit. Uh, maybe only going a little faster when we're in transition, but maybe often slowed down a little bit. Um, you know, it's nice to be a little patient. You know, they they work the ball around, but maybe some we need to take some better opportunities. And I think maybe Muscle did see that because he did play Jalen Harris, who's a little faster point guard. He likes running a little faster. Was pretty solid last year under um, under Mike Anderson, mm-hmm. and uh, so maybe that was a conscious effort to put him in and try to speed the offense up a little. bit. But uh, Mason Jones not one of his better games. So he did have nine rebounds, but the one for nine and three turnovers wasn't his best. Game. So hopefully he comes back and um, yeah, you know, yeah. And Witt had a the big way this Saturday. Witt had a pretty excellent game. I thought you know uh, he was in a lot of different places, making a lot of different things happen. Uh, on the court, so it seemed like every time something went down, he was he was in the middle of it, you know, and that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and the stat, the only stat he doesn't fill out in the stat sheet is the three points attempted. Man, it's it's great. Mm-hmm. He's got every other, you know, two points made, free throws made, rebounds. He has twelve rebounds, man. Mm-hmm. And he fouled out too, you know. So impressive effort to foul out and be aggressive, you know. <laughs> so exactly. I, 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 Part man, some people might not like it, but I like that he's playing aggressive and playing hard defense. You know, four assists on one turnover, of course, at 17 points. You know, a steal. I mean, he fouled out at 43 28. Yeah, so. he played, would have played 45. <laughs> it's a big key, maybe it's not finishing, you know, maybe having a chance in that last, last minute and a half, but he's a big part of this year. Oh, yeah, he's been very impressive. I've really liked how he's come in. And played a really tough uh, fiscal game, and uh, he's just fun to watch. He's a really fun player to watch. Isaiah Joe's, you know, always fun to watch, and uh, yeah, I just can't wait for him to get, you know, to get hot-handed and uh, and just start knocking them back. You know, the the three-point shots. It feels like he's just off this year a little bit. You know. Yeah, in the beginning of that game, he he hit a couple, and I was like, all right, because last week, I don't feel it, Joe, because he's been cold, like you were just saying. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, he's been pretty cold this year. I was like, all right, maybe. Or I'm going to say he comes back, you know, against Western Kentucky and has a big game. And I feel like he started off pretty good, but it seemed like he got, I don't know if his legs, I don't know, got tired or what, man, but they just started. I mean, he, he missed probably his last three. So he was shooting about 50% before then and missed his last couple. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the game, when you really need him, but maybe just didn't have any more left because he attempted 14. But yeah, but it, that five turnovers, that better games to be played. I think I think Mason Jones needs to stop shooting threes. So, yeah, he he's a, he's a really good driver. When the games he's scored like 30 points and stuff, he's it's because he's taking it in and just they can't stop him when he's driving in on somebody. You had Jones jacking it up. You had uh, Harris jacking them up, and and Bailey jacked one. Bailey, up. Just, Bailey, should play why? Why? 
combine them. I like just yeah, Seals and Joe, man. Or yeah. you just take to. half of those. What eight, nine, nine shots, man. Half those nine shots, you just drive to the basket and take some fouls on it if you need to. Mm-hmm. I said, that's going to put more points on the board. You know, we probably win this game. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a winnable game, but first loss of the year. Still eight and one though, not a bad start. What do you think Musselman will do to to turn this around or make an adjustment or whatnot? What do you what 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 do you think we can expect to see as we move into the next game? Hopefully, develop some kind of some different offenses to attack inside against these zones because that's what we're not hitting the threes. You know, maybe he showed maybe at our facility in practice when he first took this team over, you know, saw we were making a bunch of threes and kind of focused. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a different way to attack. Uh, yeah. To use our capability as our players with the kind of guards that we have a different team, man. We have a short team, but that's also kind of, I mean, it can, we make team other teams play smaller, so maybe he sits back in this week. You know, he said they're going through um, it's only one game, three games in three weeks, mm-hmm. kind of doing a kind of a training camp session thing. Um, you know, finals are about to be this now or I guess about to be over, so they're about to just be practicing a ton, you know, with very few games the next couple of weeks. Um, but hopefully. Because uh, I think the defense still, I was happy with the way the defense played. And I still like, I don't, and, um, and he just likes straight up man to man, man. Guys don't switch off a lot on other the teammates' players were aggressive and help. So I like the defense. I like his, uh, uh, so far this season. Um, we've been going, but. Absolutely. I, I you know, I, I do too. I like the team, I like how we're playing. Uh, I'm excited. I wish we had some, you know, bigger guys down low, but we don't. So, you know, I think you just got to work on you getting the ball inside a little bit more. And I don't know if that just comes from just driving the ball or passing the ball. Um, what do you think? How, how, how would you make an adjustment to get the ball inside the paint a little bit more after watching this team? A lot of it's just making making a conscious effort to the players will say that oh I stopped I started the coach will they, they've been saying that this year oh he stopped even for like Desi all right he stopped he wasn't making he stopped shooting and then started uh, driving in what what really I mean unless you just have it like there's some good looks like you know a couple passes worked around inside and outside of the paint works around in a three pointer in motion when it's just like all right that feels good but some of these like just one on one basketball. I mean, just kind of jacking it up, and not if I mean, just if we're not feeling it, man. If you've got thirty points by that time, and just really feeling it, all right. But um, you know, you gotta you gotta have a combination of driving in and attacking, kind of you know, soft spots of the zone, and mm-hmm. kind of open parts, and then kicking it out, and working it back in. And there's spots of the zone, and players can only cover so much, you know, mm-hmm. territory. Um, but just making really a conscious effort to me. Um, yeah, I so agree. Take the three pointers. I mean, that's it. Take it, take it in. We're gonna get fouled or so sure. free throw. We're a really good free throw shooting team. I mean, we're a really good free throw shooting team. So there's no point in just um, 
you know, Jack and I, I mean, you, you can't, we couldn't not take a three, you know, Isaiah Joe is a really good. Mm-hmm. Maybe he, maybe he works out something. Maybe they, they watch a lot of uh, video, something, something up with a shot or something's going on, you know, that they could just, just the easy fix on him. Mm-hmm. Or maybe just a little break and just like, all right, you know, just a little bit of a sophomore slump to open the season, but just comes out firing right before conference. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I just, you know, with our size differentiation, you know, when we jack a shot up, it's basically giving the ball back uh, if we don't make it because, you know, we're not getting up there and, and getting that offensive uh, rebound. Yeah, now this this game actually had 10 with, um, compared to West Virginia 12. So not, not too bad, but a lot of the time this season. Um, and that's a lot of that. Jimmy went leading that with three offensive rebounds. But yeah, need more of that. We're not really – we're not trying to get – you know, they look to not get beat back on defense, but they've kind of got caught. I know in the past – and the, sometime in the past couple games, I remember Musselman getting – Kind of call, uh, saying somebody or point out somebody that uh, they kind of weren't hustling back, you know, sprinting back on back down on defense after that, jacking up, you know, it's harder to mm-hmm. get those longer rebounds. But. No, I, I agree. Well, I don't know. Do you have anything else to to say about this game? You think we've worked it over the best we could? Yeah, I think so. I think that pretty much covers Western Kentucky. Now we're you know, we went 0-2 in, against them in basketball the last two years and lost them in football. 0-3 mm-hmm. against Western Kentucky, so hats off to the Hilltoppers. Yeah, I hope I we play and kick your ass. Good Lord. Some people say, I hope we never play Western Kentucky again. I want to play them three straight times. I hope we play them ten times in a row and just demolish them every I'll time. I play them in baseball. When you get them in baseball? Boy, Make up a couple of those games quick. Exactly. <laughs> well... Uh, we're going to go play Tulsa. So, what do you know about the Tulsa team? I I can go over their uh, record here real quick. They played uh, HBU, won eighty to seventy two, uh, lost to Texas Arlington, seventy three fifty nine, went and beat Oral Roberts, seventy four sixty seven, uh, went and played Austin P. Uh, beat them 72-65. Went and uh, played Southeast Louisiana. Beat them 73-66. Uh, South Carolina State beat them 78-47. Just really took it to them. Uh, went and played Vanderbilt. Won that game 67-58. Uh, played uh, Pine Bluff 72-39. Really took it to UAPB really hard. Uh, had a real close game. With Arkansas State 66-63. Uh, Arkansas State coming out with the win. And, uh, yeah, now, now we're fixing to play them. They'll play Boise uh, before we play them. But that's who we'll be, they'll be coming off of. Hopefully, you know, Boise plays a real physical game with them. Uh, beats them up a little bit. And uh, sends them our way. I hope we can win this. I hope we're better than Arkansas State at basketball. I mean, I would think so, right? You would hope so, yeah. Especially this game's at home. That was that total Arkansas State mm-hmm. uh, winning. Yeah, actually, that uh, Boise State just went final here recently. Or I guess it was just played tonight. 
here in a little bit. Um, and uh, Tulsa wins sixty nine fifty six. Oh, okay. So they're on a they. I mean, they're eight and two. They're not bad. They're not they, a bad bad team. And they Tulsa did, always kind of. They did beat Austin P by a little more than we did. Like we we played that was a close game for us, right? But for yeah. them, that was seventy two sixty five. They went in there and took care of business. So this is gonna be a tough game, guys. Yeah, this ain't gonna be a give me. Um, I guess some of their, I, you know, their, I don't, their coach was Frank Haith. They used to play their coach at Missouri. Him and Mike always kicked his ass, and he <laughs> took over from Mike at Missouri and uh, got his Mike's Mike's players had you know Final Four team really coming back capable. Haith leads him to second round or first round exit as a two seed. He's a dumbass, man. I don't like Frank Haith. I just realized he's coming back to Bud Walton. Um, (laughs) So they lost a good bit of players last year. They've got Martins, Igbanu, senior forward, last year averaged about 12. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dry Horn, junior forward. Lawson Carita, senior guard. Joyner, junior. Jackson, Falucan. So they've got some returning players. They did lose some guys. They lost a couple, you know, about 30 points. From their mm-hmm. team last year, but uh, okay. kind of against this Boise State, you know, you got guys, uh, Darian Jackson. Well, you know, they spread it around. He's got 12 points. The, the mm-hmm. Brandon Rachel has 10 in that game. Isaiah Hill and the, the Creed Lawson, uh, 11 points. Um, so they spread it around a little bit. But I don't know a whole lot. I didn't get a chance to, I'll be honest. Well, it seems Watched like they got a lot of depth. Play, but, yeah. That that's the one thing about this team. It seems like they got a lot of depth and they can play late in the game pretty pretty well. Uh, that that's kind of what I've got from them. I've kind of I watched a couple of, of the games, just you know, not really from beginning to end, but I flipped it over and, and saw they were playing and, and watched uh, watched a few minutes and 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 that's kind of what I took out of it because they they seem really fresh. Towards the end of the game. Wow, that's good. Um, yeah, well, so it's gonna be. It'd be a decent. Yeah. This damn pop up. <laughs> oh, the hell! You got that too? Is that just me? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's uh, it's going there. It's just one of those advertisements or whatever. So. But, yeah, no, I, you know, I think this team is a, a beatable team. But at the same time, I think we're going to have, you know, our work cut out for us uh, going up against this team. I don't I don't think that they have, you know, any kind of crazy height or anything like that that we're going to we're going to have to worry about. So, uh, you know, that's good. Uh, we'll be able to match up pretty, pretty well with them there, I think. Yeah, I did too. They're not, not much a threat. Uh, uh, too much inside, but uh, I guess Tulsa, really, they've been playing a lot of teams with losing records, so maybe they'll 8-2. But they did go on their own and beat Vanderbilt 6-2. and two. Arkansas State 7-2, so that loss not too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't really been tested that much this year, which usually kind of teams like that play more of these Arkansas. Um, but they're doing, I guess, the Arkansas kind of circuit, playing UAPB, Arkansas State, and Arkansas. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, let's see, Rochelle leads Tulsa in scoring 15.9 points a game, seven point rebounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, they only got one other guy with 10 point that averages above in double figures. So they really, like you said, Chad, they got depth. Um, is going to beat you on a given night. Um, but the Tulsa kind of, you can see by these scores, and they're looking, they're kind of the right defensive rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really in low scoring games, they're, they're deep and pretty so far. Mm-hmm. And um, even when they've played solid teams, absolutely but haven't been able to really. Uh, you know, put up a lot of points on the board, so maybe our our defense can kind of shut them down and really frustrate them, and um, kind of take advantage of that. But if their defense is good, I hope we can. It's going to be another test, oh, and yeah. we haven't been exactly shooting the line, <laughs> really just hitting on all cylinders. So maybe, hopefully, it's the game we come home and um, get out. Yeah, I want. Uh... I want to be able to stay undefeated at home. I think that'd be nice to to keep that trend going. Um, you know, what do you think the the keys to the game is to go in there and win this one? What's your what What would you do? Well, another thing I looked at was uh, sorry, Chad. I was looking back at how you're good. Boise State and Tulsa game, and Tulsa going back to the defense had nine steals and out rebounding them. So that's kind of one of the one of the keys is uh, limiting turnovers. Um, mm-hmm. Boise State had fourteen. I mean, they had nine steals. Um, so they're going to be aggressive on defense, and we've been turn having problems with turnovers here lately. Um, so you got to really uh, make sure you're taking care of the ball and um, uh, getting good looks. You know, not like you say, not jacking it up, man. I think going and mm-hmm. taking it inside and working for really good shots. Getting the defensive, I'm sure they're going to play zone against us too, unless Haith uh, is just a uh, you know solid man-to-man guy, no matter what. Mm-hmm. But they're probably going to play some zone on us, man. So finding ways to attack it, um, competing in the rebounding department, and taking care of the ball. Yeah, some big things to look for against Tulsa. I agree. I think you know we just play defense like we have been playing. We drive the ball to the hoop, and we just don't shoot. A bunch of threes. Maybe we just limit it to 11. I don't know. Uh, unless somebody gets hot and then, you know, fine. You know, whatever. Uh, especially with Joe. You know, you hate to say don't shoot the ball with him because you know what he can do uh, when he gets hot. So, yeah. you know, to me the keys of the game is you, you let Joe shoot when he wants. You limit everybody else to 11 threes and you try to drive it to the basket and take your fouls and you, and you keep your free throw percentage high we could win a lot of games this year with that type of a you know strategy i feel like yeah i think you're right chad i think there's um, playing that way the rest of the year is gonna gonna be the best way to take advantage of what we got on the court i mean unless like you're saying i like if isaiah's feeling it man he's one guy i'll shoot mm-hmm. but we gotta just keep hoping, man, that he figured that he just gets hot again. I mean, he's 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 taking a lot of double teams. So guess what? Other guys are gonna take advantage. That's really where it comes down to hitting that. I mean, if we're not hitting threes and don't do it, man, we're just gonna take a bit better shots. But if they're still playing pretty much two guys on Joe a lot of times and more interesting to him, well, Jones, you gotta spread that floor and take it more to the basket. Exactly. 
Well, I don't know, man. I guess we should <clears throat> throw a couple predictions out here for this Tulsa game. What are you okay. thinking? I'm going Arkansas. We're at home. I'm going to go Arkansas. I think we come out hot. Uh, I play decent. I'm going to Arkansas. Tulsa. Okay. Okay. I think uh, I think Arkansas can win this one. I think, like you said, we'll come out hot. I, I think that it's a home game, so we got the crowd on our side. Uh, I say Arkansas, 88. Tulsa, 82. Nice. So, yeah, like there we go. I, I just, I just feel like we can beat Tulsa. I think, I think we are uh, good enough to do that. And uh, you know, they don't really have an advantage over us. At, even like Western Kentucky did, but they're big guy down low, you know. So, yeah, we can, we can definitely win this. It's definitely a winnable game. Uh, now, when we get to Indiana, that'll be another story. Well, yeah, we'll get there. We got a couple couple games, and it's getting closer though. I mean, mm-hmm. We got what do we have? Uh, Vesparo Val, and Valparaiso, and then uh, <laughs> and then Indiana's next time huh, after that. Yep, a couple days like right before your New Year's Eve, like extended New Year's Eve party, man. Watching the Hogs, absolutely. So, all right. Well, I guess we should talk a little bit uh, about the hockey team. Uh, we, uh, you know, there ain't no pretty way to say it. Ole Miss came in and stole our coach and beat us all in the same day in hockey and took our second loss, uh, 3-1 game. I guess they're a lot better than uh, we thought they were. Yeah, it was embarrassing, man. I mean, I like the way we came back Sunday night Sunday. You know, came back and beat them five to two, went down there. But man, they had some today. Just that combination so, of you know, Ole Miss coming out and taking our coach right, right from under us, and then beating us in hockey, giving us our second loss. And uh, you know, we hadn't lost since you know in two months, mm-hmm. and that was a damn good Michigan team in 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 Michigan. Mm-hmm. Our loss. So, and this is after. I mean, you know, Ole Miss maybe. After what we've been doing, these teams, you know, maybe they heard the podcast and, you know, we were projecting us to beat them 15 to nothing and stuff. So, yeah, I'm surprised they played as good as they did, uh, you know, because we're just so much more dominant than most of the other SEC schools in hockey. But, you know, they did, they really held their own uh, and uh, surprised us. Yeah, it's not, I'm, uh, I think that that was a game. I remember them playing at Ole Miss and Little Rock last year. Mm-hmm. So I wish they'd break down. Um, they need to play. I wish they, not this year, but they they need to play Ole Miss. That seems like pretty good. Be a pretty good a rivalry. Oh yeah, between the two in hockey. Absolutely. So that's well, that's a way to keep going. Keep a rivalry going is go one and one mm-hmm. in the from the previous year. So. Exactly. So then we uh, go and play Kansas. That's the that's the game we got coming up. What do we know about uh, their standing in the? Uh... Well, let me see here. So what do we got that we got to play them seven forty. Yeah. So Friday night and two ten on Saturday. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, playing them in Independence, Missouri. So. 
You know, it's okay. not too far away. If uh, you're in northwest Arkansas and you want to drive up and, and see this game, it wouldn't be that far of a drive for you. Maybe, what, 45 minutes to an hour? It's the Independence. I think Independence is the one that's closer to uh, uh, Kansas City. Oh, is it? Okay, I was like thinking it was over by McDoodles or whatever it was. Oh, no, no. I know what you're talking about. Joplin. Yeah, uh, okay. Or uh, Springfield or something like that. Yeah, no, Independence is uh, right outside Kansas City. Not bad. You can go over there and get you some barbecue and Mm -hmm. watch the hockey team. That's not a bad. Actually, that's pretty pretty good, too. Yeah, I do like barbecue. I don't think about barbecue. Go support the hockey team. Get yourself some barbecue. So, um, so actually, Kansas is ranked the latest poll here. Well, it hadn't come out since November. Um, mm-hmm. But the latest poll, there they were eighth in the Pacific Regional uh, with 7.9 rating. You know, we're rated 11. It was kind of gone over, which is pretty high, but... Okay. Um, so not actually, I mean, a decent team. I mean, that 7.91 would be almost tops in that Atlantic region by these ratings. I don't know what these mean, but the higher the better, yeah. obviously. Yeah, um, obviously. Some of these teams, like Ole Miss is a 9.45 comparatively. Oh, okay. That, that tells you anything. Um, so maybe not, maybe not kind of rated as high. But um, if I can go through the... Okay, they're uh, thirteen and oh wow, thirteen five and one. So they're not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, they they're have a, bad a nice little website here. With they're um, they were twenty three and one last year. Oh wow, Jesus, Kansas outscored people one hundred sixty five to fifty nine. This is a big. They've out, only outscored one hundred twenty seven to fifty nine this year. So they're not at, they're not that twenty three and one team and one and one team. Guys, if you're listening, you live goodness gracious. Uh, especially if you live close to Missouri, man. You gotta go see this. Yeah, go see this. These games, these are huge games. These are big for the rankings. How are they not rated higher? This is. Uh, oh, they beat. Uh, if you want, if you want some uh, a couple of comparison scores, Chad. Mm-hmm. Um, we've played Washington, uh, University of St. Louis. Um, let's see, Washington beat them. Oh no, yeah, they they whooped up on Washington, fourteen two, ten two. Nine to one. They beat the Colorado School of Mines fifteen to two. That's a team that uh, Derek Derek from Colorado was bragging on uh, uh, so much, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, kind of in Nebraska. Let's see. They played just played Nebraska. They beat Nebraska four three and four one. We beat Nebraska six three five two. Oh, we've already beat Kansas guys six three seven three. But this is a road game. So, oh you know, they're coming for it. They want to get their ratings up. Why not? They definitely want to beat the number one team. That's a that's a high score in hockey. Six to three, seven to three. Like, that's like if it was three, three, something like that. That's that's, you know, pretty normal. But that's that's a lot of offensive output by us. Yeah. And you really, I mean, three scoring by them. I mean, that's about we give up. We don't ever give up. Uh, any more than one or two, usually. Mm-hmm. But they're not a bad team, but I expect us to, um, why not? Sweep them. Yeah. Celebrate with some burn ins. Absolutely. Well, I guess we should make a prediction on the uh, Kansas game. 
All right. Um, I'm going to go this first game at Kansas, 7.40 p.m. I'm going to go Arkansas. We'll go Arkansas 7, Kansas 3. Okay. I'll go Arkansas 5, Kansas 2. Okay. Okay. I like that. I'll see that. To the next game. Second game of the series. I'm going to go Arkansas 4, Kansas 1. I think we're going to come out a little hotter in this game. I say Arkansas 8. Kansas, two. Oh, that's a nice score. Oh yeah, especially in hockey. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's about it for the podcast tonight. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. If uh, you're listening right now, go ahead and uh, like us on uh, all the platforms out there and uh, maybe leave a comment for us in the uh the comment section or a review or whatnot we really appreciate it it helps us out a lot yeah please the rate and review always helps we need some always appreciate the uh, the listens guys so if y'all do that that'd help a bunch also chad before we get off here i don't have the um since i know the yahoo fantasy football league we played Mm. I'll call podcast league. We did in Yahoo. I wanted to do a college bowl game pick them. Yahoo doesn't have it. Um, uh, but be looking guys for an ESPN or CBS or whatever. Anybody has any suggestions, shout us out. Um, as always, voicemail or Twitter or Facebook or email. Well, we'll try to get that set up and get that going and uh, be on the lookout for that through Twitter and, uh, and Facebook. And we will let you know as soon as we get it set up. That way you can start, uh, you know, playing. Uh, we had a huge team for the football team, and that was fun. So this would be wonderful to have a really big, huge team again. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll throw a T-shirt towards the winner's way or something. Maybe so. That's always fun. Yeah, we could do that. Woo-peak suey. Go Hogs. <laughs>